Welcome to Horror Cafe, where we're serving up a cup of horror, one episode at a time. I'm Erica. And I'm Jackie. And we're still in Sci-Fi Horror Month. This is episode 7, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Well? (laughs) What are we drinking at our cafe today? (laughs) I made us iced white chocolate mocha. Yes, it's very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Much needed. Yes, yes. It's a little rough this morning. Yes, it is. (laughs) All right, so do you want to get on with the reading of The Plot? Absolutely. After surviving a car accident, Michelle wakes up to find herself in an underground bunker with two men. Howard tells her that a massive chemical attack has rendered the air unbreathable, and their only hope of survival is to remain inside. Despite the comforts of home, Howard's controlling and menacing nature makes Michelle want to escape. After taking matters into her own hands, the young woman finally discovers the truth about the outside world. Ta-da! Yeah, that pretty much sums it up pretty well, doesn't it? Um, yes, it does. <laughs> With, you know, some fleeting details, I would say. Uh-huh. <laughs> I watched this movie when it came out. I was underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Which annoyed me because everybody seemed to like it. Yes. And it has great reviews. Mm-hmm. And now, I don't know. You're looking at me weird. I liked it the uh-huh. night we watched it. Yes. But in preparing for it, I'm just like, uh, Why? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. I know. It's weird. It's a weird movie for me. <laughs> I watched this movie when it first came out on streaming. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. I liked John Goodman. And that was the draw. And then to see him playing a demented not not nut job <laughs> was good then, and it's still good now. So I liked it. I still like the movie. Okay. Well. I actually found it even more exciting to watch hmm. because I was looking at it now as a podcaster, podcaster and really noticed a lot of little nuances, like the music itself and... The filming of it. There's a lot going on in this movie besides the actual movie itself. Hmm. Well, at least you liked it. (laughs) Let's get on to movie facts. All right. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics gave it 90%. Audience gave it 79. It was released on March 11th of 2016. With a budget of thirteen to fifteen million and it grossed a hundred and ten point two million dollars. Wow. Filming took place in chronological order on one set. Wow. I think cause a lot of movies are filmed out of order. I yeah, have they read are. that a lot. Yeah. That must be confusing. I don't understand the reasoning behind that. I don't either. Yeah, like how do you get into a character? If you're going... If you're not building him from the beginning or her from the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I I Mm. don't understand it either. Maybe it's something we should look into. Yeah. Or if anyone wants to weigh in. Or any of the folks that you know that are involved in filming stuff. Yeah. Because I'd want to know. Unless there's obviously some kind of big change, like if somebody lost weight or gained weight or hair. I mean, I don't understand why you would... Film. How would that play into it? Oh, because some people, they'll want to, like, they'll start off with a beard and then shave it off, even though by now there's so much makeup and prosthetic. I don't know. Don't worry about that theory. Okay. (laughs) We will not and move on to movie observations because I can see you have very few movie facts. I have the characters here, and we really just have three main characters, and I'm just mentioning one because I thought this was interesting. Mm -hmm. The characters are... Howard, who is played by John Goodman. Mm -hmm. I don't think I need to say what he's done. Pretty much everyone knows something that he's been in. Mm -hmm. We have Michelle, who is played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And she's known primarily for her role Mm -hmm. in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yep. I remember this title. I know nothing about that movie. So hopefully it means something to someone. And by your face, apparently it does to you. It sure does. Okay. I watched that movie a lot. I wonder if it's still good. Okay. It's, a, it's like a, I 
think it's kind of like a video game movie, funny mm-hmm. comedy. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Geeky movie. <laughs> that sounds kind of like what you would watch. Yeah. I would watch it too, but I just, I forgot all about it. Mm-hmm. Then we have Emmett, who is played by John Gallagher Jr. He was in Hush. Mm-hmm. And he has been on several TV shows like The West Wing, Law and Order. Odor. <laughs> Law and Order. That was good. NYPD Blue and a slew of other TVs. Okay. Yep. And interestingly enough, at the beginning of the movie, we hear um, Michelle talking to her boyfriend, Ben. Mm-hmm. And that is the voice of Bradley Cooper. I know. When I found that out, I thought that was so cool. It's yeah, rocket. Like a little Yeah. Y- yes, rocket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting that it was just a little quick cameo yeah. and when I was looking at the cast it's like, wait a minute, where was he? Yeah. I th- I thought that was neat too. So. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep, very short cast and we pretty much I mean, they're in it the whole time and this movie opens with Michelle running away. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. From a relationship, it seems like. And I an think, engagement. I think at some point in the movie, it's implied that she runs away from stuff. Maybe even Ben, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. the voice of Bradley Cooper, <laughs> calls her out on it. Like, yes. she's stressing out and she's just running away. Yeah. Because he, he says that couples fight. Like, this is normal. Why are you running away? She ends the conversation. He calls again. She doesn't answer. We notice when she she stops to get gas, and it looks like there's a truck watching her. Mm-hmm. In the end, I don't, because you, I mean, I wasn't focusing on it. Was it, at the end, John Goodman? Was it Howard? Yes, it was. It was? For okay. sure it was. Yeah. Um, something I'm going to add that I did find is that they actually show... The, that store that she went into, mm-hmm. that Quick Mart or gas station, they show one of those um, neon signs mm-hmm. with the word slusho. That's from Cloverfield. Ah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is, this this sequel is weird. It, it wasn't meant to be a sequel, but then it is. It's mm-hmm. like, I, honestly, I did... Look that up, but it was it's very confusing understanding where this movie lies mm-hmm. in this I was gonna say paradox because that's the name of the the next one in this universe, yeah, I just personally think it's related in the sense that it's two biological weapons, basically or aliens, whatever we want to call it mm-hmm. in two different areas of yeah. the u s well, remember Howard. Yes. Is talking about his military experience. And he knows a lot about satellites and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So in Cloverfield, if you recall, you see that satellite falling out of the sky. Yeah. One of the things that I read is that Howard was a satellite type person. I don't know what kind of... Technician or something? Something like that or Mm. involved in that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was following that satellite. Mm. Okay. And apparently, the company that he was working for at when he was doing that, or maybe he was part of the government, was being funded by the Japanese company from the first movie. That the other guy was going to go work for. Correct. In Japan. Got it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is fan lore, what I found. (laughs) I don't know. But it was such a long dissertation that Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. (laughs) And that's, I think that's what gives to this universe is that it, there's a lot of fan lore and fans got really into it and mm-hmm. made it their own thing so i think even in a way maybe they made this movie so that fans can make of it what they wanted okay which that's, can that's be reasonable. fun i get it you know there are fans and people that love to do that and that's what gives it like, kind of like a star wars right yeah even though it's straightforward there's so much fan lore and people adding to it and building on it mm-hmm. that it just becomes so huge and fun you know Okay, Michelle gets into a car accident, mm-hmm. and it's a, a rough one. Yes, but hold on. Before we even jump, I, I don't really want to do the usual blow-by-blow blow of the movie. Mm-hmm. I want to actually talk about more so the characters themselves. Sure. And the filming of the movie, which I, this time around, was much more interesting to me. 
So for the first 20 some minutes of this movie, there is very little to no dialogue. Hmm. I mean, except for her talking to Ben, there's nothing there. Is it 20 minutes? Yeah, it's about 20 minutes. Wow. So it kind of forces you to to actually watch Mm -hmm. and process what's going on. There's a lot of um, shakiness in the beginning of how it's filmed, which almost gives it a found footage kind of feel to it, but it we know it isn't. Right. And it also, and this might be something that relates to the actual um, director who considers himself a gamer, is that it almost had some cuts that were very much like something you would see in a video game. Hmm. You know, I didn't notice that, the video game aspect. So that's interesting. Um, it is. Yeah. Hmm. The the movie was filmed, um, apparently the director, let me see if I get his name right, <laughs> Trachtenberg. Oh, uh, yeah. I think uh-huh. that's how you pronounce I it. I think so. He has a certain style of creating claustrophobic feelings. Well... I think he achieved that quite well in the bunker. And with the set design that he made, he did achieve it. Um, He also directed an episode of Black Mirror. Ooh. Do you remember, I don't know if you'll recall, but there was an episode with um, Wyatt. um, Yes, the video game one. That's his. That's a great episode. That's one of the best ones. (laughs) That also was claustrophobic. The Felix? Okay, I am going to need more coffee. You need Felix the cat in your life. Yes, I do. The feeling of claustrophobia. Yeah. And that's why I'm trying to say, if you recall Mm. the way that was filmed, Mm. it very much, you can see it in this movie as well. It was, it it just imparted that. Plus the sound Mm. was... I mean, we'll get into sound later because I did a whole research on all of that and I (laughs) I found it fascinating. I saw that. I'm Um, waiting for it. So he was able to impart that into this movie as well. And again, like I said, he he considers himself a big gamer and he kind of adds that into the movies that or the shows or movies that he directs. Yeah. And the only and I am not by any span of the imagination a gamer. But since (laughs) I've watched you and your father play video games, Mm -hmm. there are some things that usually do stick to me when they have those movie clips going on. I don't know what they're called in your video game. Oh, a cutscene? All right, whatever, (laughs) cutscene. He actually did this in the movie a lot. Hmm. Like, for instance, the part where um, Michelle is setting that fire in her own little bunker. Yeah. Okay. The way she's up against the wall Mm -hmm. when she's trying to do it reminded me of a video game. Mm, I can like see I said, that. I analyzed it a lot more as I was watching it this time. I see that. And that was and then when I did the research and I found some stuff on it it's like, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah. And then when I read the whole thing about Black Mirror and I remember that episode because of Wyatt. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was it just kind of all clicked for me and I appreciated yeah. the movie itself. Now, She's crashed, right? We see some car like swerve into her or whatever. That scene seemed very video game cutscene. Exactly. Yeah. And the way her car rolled yeah. down the side of a mountain. That was rough. It was <laughs> that rough. was pretty rough. Yeah. And then she wakes, even the way she wakes up. Yeah. If you, I'm going to refer to it, feels very video game like. Yeah. She's in like this very special sparse room that basically has a mattress yeah one source of light mm-hmm. and she's like chained to the wall by her knee i think yeah and pretty yeah. much um Maybe. in her underwear yeah i mean was that necessary like he couldn't give her some sweatpants right like i think i thought that was a little creepy and uh not creepy what's the right yeah like yeah like a creep like you couldn't put pants on this. I understand that I think maybe her knee was messed up from the accident. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe he was trying to brace it. Maybe, yeah. And the jeans aren't, they're too tight, but come on. But what, isn't it <laughs> funny when she starts getting dressed at some point? And she puts and it on. And she's putting her jeans on over that yeah. thing on her leg? Yeah, I don't know how she managed to do that, to be honest. Because those things were um, skin tight. Yeah. That yeah. I did find a little odd, too. I'm like, 
Mm, I don't know if you would have been able to put that on. Uh, exactly. <laughs> with that knee brace. Exactly. But that's okay. But yeah, she's there. And it, I think it's to create vulnerability of mm-hmm. what's going on in the situation. As we've discussed, I think, during Alien, um, when you're showing people in their underwear or naked, you're presenting vulnerability because usually when you're in your underwear or naked, yeah. You're either alone or obviously with somebody intimate that it's a vulnerable situation. And in her case, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, it's creepy. And this is where we first meet Howard, Mm -hmm. who this scene, looking at it now, I found, well, you'll later discover um, that it (laughs) was the way it was filmed was amazing. Mm hmm. Because you have the one light source that's behind Howard. Because he brings up like one of these metal chairs and Mm -hmm. sits in front of her. And she's on the mattress on the floor. Mm -hmm. So right then and there, you've got a power over her. Yeah. You you see the way he's he's lit and the light source is on him. And it's just kind of like giving her a bit of rim lighting, so to speak. Mm Mm-hmm. And the whole scene is like, he's trying to come off as, I'm a good guy here. But you, the audience, kind of know, are put off by the way he's saying it. Yeah. And the way it's filmed, the angles that are being done here, Mm -hmm. it literally sets the tone of distrust with him. A hundred percent. I... I know he's trying to present himself as good, but I didn't get that at all. I was like, hmm... I mean, it's also because of how the how we're we're presented the situation. She's chained to a wall, so you just, I think, automatically associate it with yeah. that. Yep. You don't see it as, oh, I saved you from a car accident. You know. Yes. But I did. I when I saw him the first time, and even this time, I'm like, mm, but nope. <laughs> just the way it was filmed. Yeah. You. You have to give He's it to the control. director. He's in control. He is in control, but you have to give it to the director. He made the audience immediately say, uh, this guy's not trustworthy. Right. A hundred percent. So I, I found that scene very, very insightful because it gave way to the rest of the movie where you're like, you're basically going back and forth with the, yes, I like him. No, I don't. Mm -hmm. No, I really don't like, oh, hell no, I don't like him. And then there's moments I felt sorry for him. Yes, there are. Yes, there are those moments when you do, but they're very fleeting. They are, that's what I'm saying. There's small (laughs) moments. We also find out, initially you think it's just them two. Mm -hmm. And we meet Emmett. Yes. When she's... I, you know, one one of the times or days, I mean, we don't know what time frame. Yeah. We don't know how many by. days or what's how much time has passed. But one time she wakes up, she walks out because the door is open to mm-hmm. her cell. And as she's walking, I guess, to what he calls the common area, she's walking by these shelves and that guy is just sleeping back there. Yeah, he's sleeping it's behind like, oh, shelves. So... And he's hurt. He's injured. But he did made, we f- he, he makes it clear that it wasn't Howard who did that. That's right. He says that it it was him trying to get into the yeah, bunker, right? Yeah, he messed right? up his arm. Okay. But at the same time, you as the audience, when you first see it, you're thinking, oh my God, this guy was injured by Howard. And I don't know if you felt the same, but Emmett always gave me the impression that he was keeping something. Or it wasn't true what he was saying. I don't know. I almost felt like the, they were in cahoots, Howard and Emmett, but they weren't because they both claimed that Emmett just barged in when the world got attacked. But I don't know. I always got a sense that something was going to pop out like, oh, no, Emmett has been part of this the whole time or something. I think it's something. because at, the, at first he actually comes through as kind of like a, a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Like, kinda. He's not... You feel like he's not entirely there. Mm-hmm. He's not present. I don't yeah. know if that's the right word for it. Mm-hmm. Like he's in a fantasy land. Maybe. I don't know. But he always gave me a weird. He was an awkward character. And I yeah. got to say, the guy played him well. Yeah. John Gallagher did, did a great job of evolving this character. Yeah. Because even in that dinner scene, mm-hmm. is it's very awkward. His conversation is awkward. But he's also trying to piss off Howard. 
Yeah. I feel intentionally trying to piss him off. Yeah, I think so. So. But right. my thing is, Howard is an interesting character. He's the most interesting, I think, in this movie. I agree. He's layered because of what you're saying. You like him, you don't like him. You have moments that you feel sorry for him. He says that his um, his mother, <laughs> his <laughs> wife and daughter are gone. Right. We don't know what that means. I assume... Maybe they left him. Mm-hmm. And, That's what the feeling I got. <laughs> but at the same time, it sounds like death. So I'm not sure. Right. And by now, obviously, if this attack is happening, there might be death involved. True. But what what from what I read around is that he's trying to kidnap girls because it looks like he's done this. Oh, no, he has. A few times. I, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves here. No, but we discover it. Yeah. But I think that's why he's kidnapping women, right? To fill in that gap or void of the missing daughter in particular. Well, the women that he apparently is kidnapping Mm -hmm. or the woman, and we don't know how many or whatever. Right. But it's implied or said that one in particular was young. Right. That would mimic his daughter. Right. Right. So... I feel like Howard only wanted Michelle there and Emmett was just like, uh, oh, you got in. Uh-huh. But knowing how Howard seems to be, why did he let him in? Why didn't he just kick him out? Well, let's think about that. Emmett does say that he helped Howard build the bunker. Oh, that's right. So, like before all this. Right. And then okay. this thing happened. Okay. And since Emmett knew about it, he ran there. Okay, so that's right. maybe he saw him as an asset. An asset. Okay. Because he can build stuff. He can fix things. That's fair. Okay. That's true. So I, I, I that's guess. what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's the case, but that's what I, I think. I found, what I really found interesting was the tour that Howard gives Michelle. Mm-hmm. Telling her that, you know, this is it, end of the world kind of thing, and mm-hmm. we can't go out there. The air is contaminated. Yeah. And, he, and he takes her up this long staircase from mm-hmm. the bunker that has a window that you can see outside to the outside world. Yeah. And they talk about, he he and Emmett actually talk about, they use two, two human names, and we find out that they're pigs. Yeah. I That confused me, and then I realized, oh. Those are pigs. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. And she he shows her the, the decaying pigs, kind of like to convince her mm-hmm. that, yes, it is the end of the world. Yeah. But at the same, even though Emmett has already confirmed, yeah, this is like, you know, this mm-hmm. is it. I feel like at that point, she still doesn't Correct. believe. I don't believe it either. Yes, I agree. I, I wonder, viewer. me as the audience, I'm thinking, this is a setup. Yeah. I got that vibe a lot. I thought, oh, maybe he just killed these pigs to make mm-hmm. it. But that's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, it's not, but it is. No, it's not. Because if this is your plan, it's really not a lot of work. It's an extra in your imaginary film yeah. of convincing someone that it's, it's the end of the world. It is creepy as hell. Yeah. And that's where I thought that Emmett, Emmett was, in- was involved yeah. because yeah. of just he was with that. it. You know, he was in on it, right? Quote, unquote, in on it with Mm -hmm. Howard. So it's just, I mean, the movie did a good job of not giving you predictability, Mm -hmm. right? That you knew where it was going, at least for me. Even this time around, I I remembered most of it, Mm -hmm. but not a lot of details or how I felt the characters made me feel. Right. Um, And they do a good job of that. You have to admit, I mean, he literally thought of everything. Howard? Yeah. He sure did. He had videos. He had games. Mm-hmm. A, a little kitchen, a di- even a dining room area. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, if the apocalypse happens, this is it. Yes. Even a zombie one. Yeah. You'd yeah. be pretty good down there. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, it is double doored. Yes. It is double doored. So. So. I'll take good. it. So we have that first awkward dinner let's talk about that mm-hmm. that is so weird because you see Emmett I, he I feel like he's trying to provoke Howard mm-hmm. oh something that was important at one point when he introduces Michelle to Emmett 
Mm-hmm. He says, no touching. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and this is when you see that Michelle at the dinner realizes that he has his keys on clipped to the side of his belt. Right. And he, she's going to try to get him. Yeah. And I don't, do you think at this point that Emmett realizes that and that he's in cahoots with her on that? I don't know. Because why I mean, would he want to piss Howard off? Why was he pushing him like I that? I don't know. Maybe he did, but it doesn't even look like Emmett wanted to escape. So I don't, I don't know about that. Right? He seemed quite comfortable and fine with being there because he knows that there is an attack. Right. He knows that this is true. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Right. But he knows. But she thinks. I think she thinks it's a lie. Right. For sure. And also something that happens prior. I think prior to the dinner, mm-hmm. we do hear what sounds like motorized oh, something yeah. mm-hmm. above the bunkers. Yes. Which she hears, and I think that adds to her like, no, this is all bullshit. Right. And to you, yeah, the audience, the audience, of course. Yeah. And, but so this dinner, Emmett is just. I don't understand why he wanted to, he literally wanted to piss him off. Maybe he was bored. I'm serious. I don't know. I don't know because it just doesn't make any sense to me either. It didn't seem like he was in cahoots with her. Right. He just met her. Right. I mean, I don't know how they would have signaled, hey, I'm going to steal the key. Right. I don't know. And then she does that whole thing of touching his hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Which she knew was going to piss Howard off because he right. already said that, hey. No touching. No right. no funny business is basically what he's saying. Right. And it it's almost feels like she's very flirty with him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with the intention of eliciting a reaction from Howard, which it does. Sure does. And that's where we get a whole different side of Howard. Yes. And I have to say... This is what I love about John Goodman. He l- genuinely looks like a nice guy. Yeah, he does. Because he, we've seen him in a lot of mm. shows, movies, all kinds of stuff. He's always the funny guy. The nice the guy. The nice guy. But I've always thought that he's great in a in an, a villain role. A villain role. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, he did. you see it. Like his face changes. Yeah. From this nice kind of fatherly kind Maybe, of right. feeling, you mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm in charge here and you children will do what I say kind of thing. Right. To like flat out psycho in a minute there. Yes. Right. He he did a great job in this. He did. I like I I think I mentioned it right. He to me is the highlight of the movie. I agree. I know Michelle is the main character and maybe this is what it is. I don't like her. I do not like her. So maybe that's what it like is. Her? I don't know. I find her irritating. I don't like her. <laughs> you know what's funny is I thought that you would because she actually right. takes action. I know. She tries. I know. But <laughs> this is really funny. It is funny. But <laughs> I don't know. I just, I did like her hair. But I don't know. I just, she didn't convince me of anything. Mm-hmm. And I liked him. The most, but mm-hmm. obviously the the movies for her. Yeah, is I don't it, know. Is it really? Yeah, I, mean, I know that it is okay, but I just see the. I don't know. I mean, it's I technically so. her story. Yeah, but but anyway, I noticed something about the dinner scene. I don't know if you did. Mm-hmm. While it was happening, it was like this escalation to her getting the keys. Yeah, right. There was music, and to me, it sounded like a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And it just added to my nervousness of how is he going to react? How is she going to be able to get the keys and him not notice? Like mm-hmm. it was just giving you like, at least to me, giving you this, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen? Well, I have a whole bunch of stuff for our music section. Okay. Because I did notice the music in this movie and I found it mm-hmm. interesting. So yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, So she evokes a reaction from him, mm-hmm. as we said, but she does get the key. Find out what happens next after this quick break. And we're back. Yeah. So she gets the keys from him. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of all this stuff, she grabs a bottle of, was it wine? I think it was wine. No, it looked like uh, orange soda. Was it orange? Okay. Yeah, I don't think this guy has alcohol down there. I don't think so. That's true. He doesn't seem like he would have that there, hmm. knowing how Howard is. True. Yeah, um, it looked like orange soda. There's. Remind me, hopefully we won't forget. Just say it now. 
at the end, mm-hmm. the bottle of alcohol. In his truck, right? Yeah, was in her car. Ah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well. Anyway. <laughs> So she whacks him across the side of the head mm-hmm. and just bolts. Like she pushes everything to keep him from getting to her, mm-hmm. like to cause um what do you what would a pair a barrier to slow him down. Yeah, she runs for those t- st- stairs. Okay, wow, more caffeine. Okay, runs for the stairs. Yeah. Runs up the stairs. He's coming after her, but he's slowed down. Yep. When she gets there, what does she find? A creepy lady banging on the door. And, and she looks yeah. kind of zombie-ish, but not. I mean, she's just got burned. chemical burns all over her face. Yeah. So now it's funny, though. I don't know if you felt the same. I'm like, oh, maybe this shit is real. But at the same time, I'm like, but is it? Is this still like a plan? Like, is it an elaborate plan? And this person's involved, too. But clearly not. Like, this woman really was. Yeah. Infected or not infected, uh, affected by this chemical attack. And when when she Michelle is looking at the woman, mm-hmm. the woman starts escalating in anger. Yeah, to let her in. To let her in, and then she starts banging her own head against the glass. Yeah, scary. I think as the audience, this is where you realize, mm-hmm. hey, this might be real. At least it was for me at that moment. Yeah. There was a bit of a turn there, an yeah. unexpected turn. Yeah. Where it makes it, oh, okay. Yeah. This is happening. This did happen. Yeah. That is that the turning point where you're like, okay, this is real. But I don't know, for some reason, I still thought, at least the first time, obviously I knew it was this time around. I remember thinking, hmm, is this still a plan? Because <laughs> you never know. I mean, Howard is not well. So who who the hell knows? Maybe he told this woman, put makeup on and scare these people. Right. You don't know. True. Anyway. She fails, basically. But she Michelle, realizes in her that own it's head real. that it's real. Yeah. And she, now I think it presents a different problem right. for her. <laughs> yeah. And now is when, at this point, Howard actually confesses to her mm-hmm. that he was in such a panic because he knew about the attack that he ran her off the road accidentally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is not true. He's half truthful. He okay. runs her off the road intentionally. Yeah. Correct. Right. He just tells her it was him, but he still doesn't admit that it was because he was watching her from mm-hmm. the gas station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all that. They seemingly all have a little good time in a little montage of all of them kind of getting along by playing games, watching movies. Doing puzzles. Right. So assuming some time has gone by. Yeah. I would say a few days, right? You think? Maybe even a week. Maybe some more. Who knows? Yeah. During this little romantic period, the romance. Oh, yeah, romance phase. The honeymoon phase. Yes, the honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. Howard opens up about his daughter to her, and he actually gives her, yeah, her clothes. Mm -hmm. Because apparently his daughter was obsessed with all things Paris. Mm -hmm. And she wears the clothes, and there's just this whole camaraderie going back and forth. At some point, something happens with the air ventilation system right yeah and she has to go because she's the only one that could fit through this vent right literally Mm -hmm. so what was his backup plan right if he hadn't had them because not even emmett could do this maybe that's why he needs her too but think about it what was his plan what was he gonna do if he was alone that is true what would he have done i mean that doesn't make sense and clearly okay she she's the only one that fits through this vent. Mm-hmm. So he sends her to go, you know, turn it on, turn and it off on a and bunch off, of times. whatever. So she gets there, and we do find out that another woman has been there. Mm-hmm. So this is something he has done before. Yep. That's why I'm saying. Wait a minute, you know what? Is this a double purpose? Because I mean, now it's two women that have been up there that he sent to and help. This woman was there before Emmett got there. Right, right, because... Because of the story he tells. Right, 
So this adds a whole different situation too. So she's in this other room where mm-hmm. this ventila- ventilation system is. Yep. And she finds an earring. Mm-hmm. And then she looks up through the window. Mm-hmm. There's a little hatch window. Of course, yeah. it's locked. And it's set. It's it's been um, etched. etched on. Help me. And there's blood. Yeah. Which clearly she used the earring. Yeah, the right. back of the earring to etch on the it glass. on there. Yeah. And now, of course, she's back to I don't trust this guy. Right. Which also leads me to wonder, like, if the air filtration system is fucked. And you said it. Yes. Does the contaminated air get in? Right. Or is it because I don't I don't know. I don't know enough about that kind of stuff to Me understand. Either. Because I yeah, what I said was, wait, if if something is down in the filtration, doesn't that give enough time for them to get infected? Right. Or you know, I'm, I'm going to use the word infected because I don't know what else to use. And now they're just screwed anyway. But then I thought about something towards the end of the movie, when she comes out, it looks like the only time that you are infected or attacked with this chemical thing is when the actual alien is around. Well, that physically spread, around. Right. And spread that death dust. I don't know what else to call it, but that's what it was. Right. And so at that moment... That's when the air is contaminated. There wasn't any alien around. Right. So that's why it, they didn't... Got contaminated. I also think that's what they heard. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. That's it was what the they ship were hearing or all that time. I mean, it's kind of it's an alien and a ship at the same time. It's a hybrid. Yeah, very interesting. Anyway, so she she now she's freaking out about this. Her yeah. next move is to make a hazmat suit because she so she is a designer. Yeah, right? fashion. A fashion designer. Mm-hmm. So she's able to draw up a hazmat suit and there's he has all these doomsday books mm-hmm. where it shows how to make your own homemade hazmat suit right. and the mask and all of that. And she's doing this behind the scenes in her room. But what prompted her to do this is now her, her distrust of him. Yes. Because prior to all this, he, when he revealed his daughter's thing... Mm-hmm. Um, he shows her a picture of his daughter. Yes. She recognized the earring mm-hmm. from that room. Right. To the earring, the person was wearing, the girl was wearing in the photo. He right. then, when Howard is away, he shows, she shows Emmett, Emmett the mm-hmm. photo. And that's when Emmett recognizes the girl in the picture and says, that's not his daughter. That's been a girl who's been missing, I think, for two years. From is what high he said. school or something, something like that. Something like that. Crazy. Now it twists. Yes. So this is when, you know, it you realize that, okay. There's more to this. Yes. To him, to there, Howard. There is something going on on the outside world. Mm-hmm. We don't know what, but this guy is also nuts. He's psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely burnt by his daughter missing or not missing but being gone whether it's dead or just up mm-hmm. and left him for whatever reason yeah we don't know mm-hmm. and he's clearly filling this void with kidnapping people and possibly making them or convincing them that they're the daughter yeah. of this guy yeah what's that the stockholm syndrome yeah. where you fall in love with your captor right i don't know if that's what's going on what he's trying to achieve but this woman is also dead now. Yes, for sure. So what did she do <laughs> or didn't do? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Because we, he has a vat with acid. Yes. So that adds a whole other layer of disturbing to this story for and me. And it's funny that when we see that vat, the first thing I thought of. Was Dahmer? No. Oh, <laughs> Well, I yes, <laughs> that's no. What movie did we recently oh, see? Oh, Megan is Missing. Yeah. Same color vat and everything. Yeah. It was like immediately I knew what that was. Yeah. B- before he even said it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how horror movies have made those vats like a scary thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on to uh, uh, Michelle's fashionista. Mm-hmm. She's trying to make this hazmat suit. And of course, Howard finds out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't go well. No, it does not. For Emmett, 
<laughs> no, it doesn't go well for Emmett at all. I will say this was extremely shocking. Mm-hmm. Emmett, I thought this was very admirable of him. He he sacrifice literally sacrifices himself and says that this is all his fault. This whole making of the right. hazmat and the whole plan. Howard just But he he forces Emmett to apologize, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he apologizes, and you think, okay, he accepts, because the way Howard says, oh, okay, thank you for apologizing, something like that. Mm -hmm. He accepts the apology. His face shows like, oh, okay, we're good then. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, he shoots him point blank in the head. Yeah, very shocking. I had, see, those are things I don't remember from the movie, and I was like, oh, oh, shit. And to clarify, Howard shoots Emmett. In the head, point blank, pretty much. Yeah. After apologizing and admitting. <laughs> Poor Emmett. I'm sure in his death, he's like, damn, I didn't see that coming. And what was creepy right after that is that he tells M- Michelle that, oh, now we can be a family of two. Eesh. You see? So that goes back to what I was saying. Like, I'm surprised he didn't get rid of Emmett to begin with. I know. Emmett is the monkey wrench here as to why. Why are you really there? Like, right. I, I understand now that you explained why it. Did why did he let him in? But why? Right. He doesn't, Howard doesn't seem like the type to just be like, yeah, come in. Right. To him or mm-hmm. to, you know, if it's so not. So is that a flaw in the movie, do you think? It is to me because that doesn't make sense for Howard. At least not how Howard is presented. And I agree with you. It does not yeah. make sense because mm-hmm. it's not like Emmett could fit through the, the vent. The, the, the vents. Right. So what was his purpose? The only one I can deduce is what I said, that he helped him build it so he was an extra set of arms, mind, whatever to build. I. That That's would be the, the only, only thing. I could see here. Yeah. But he is the, I think he is a flaw in, in the movie or it's just because they needed a third character. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to mm-hmm. think about what his purpose was. Yep. Um, yeah, and he puts poor Emmett in that vat. That's so sad. Mm. And creepy that people have access to that kind of stuff. I will point out that he, you don't actively see Howard putting, I don't know why I was going to call him Ivan, that's so strange, Emmett (laughs) into the acid. It's that at some point, Michelle walks by I think it was the bathroom area, and you see him kind of simmering in the acid. Literally dissolving. Yeah, it's just a hint of it, and it's more than enough to understand what's going on. Yeah. Now it's the fight of she needs to really escape now. Yeah. Not just because of, I mean, it's for safety. I mean, Mm -hmm. this guy's a maniac at this point. There's a lot going on. She, She needs, she packs up her hazmat suit in this, cool way that she attaches it to her leg because how she ends up escaping is she kicks that vat of acid mm-hmm. and pushing onto him. the floor and pushing him and he uh howard lands on in a doggy position honestly mm-hmm. so his hands get all corroded and his part face. of his face and it's funny that they show this i don't know if you noticed it where she dropped it was i'm gonna say tile because mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of flooring but when it hit carpet, that's where the acid stopped. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like a barrier. So she was able to jump over. Jump over, yeah. Ba- um, maybe because it absorbs it? Maybe. I don't know. I'm sure eventually it'll get in there, but right. it'll stop but it the, from spreading. the liquid wasn't running. It wasn't right. spreading. So right. she's able to run out. She gets goes through the ventilation system mm-hmm. back to that room. Yeah. And we see Howard and his face is disfigured on one side. Yeah. He looks enraged. Like oh, yeah. He has, this is it. This is cuckoo time. Yeah, he's pissed. I will say, and I commented on this. I think you semi-agreed with me. I thought he should have looked worse. Yeah. Because of the way the acid hit him mm-hmm. on the fa- I felt like he could have been a little bit more like, mm. The hands were on point. Like yes, they were on point. The face could have been. It seemed like he would have had a little bit more damage because he fell flat onto that side yeah, of his face. That's like, what I thought. And, and he stayed there. You see him staying there, screaming his head off. Yeah, but anyway, so I will say that yes. Yeah, so she's 
crawling through the system and he gets a knife and starts like oh yeah yeah pushing it through the areas mm-hmm. that he can but she makes it through yeah and, and he's nutters here he is <laughs> laughing like a nut job here yeah. and all of a sudden you see the 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 um that acid catch fire right she makes it out and as she's making it out that shit just blows sky high Oh, yeah. And now you know Howard is officially dead. Right. So she's got like this two liter bottle of empty Coke over Mm. herself with these filtration things and her hazmat suit. Yeah. Which is a shower curtain. Right. Right. Um, She runs to the car and she all of a sudden just like it rips and she freaks out and she grabs duct tape. Man, duct tape to the rescue. I guess so. Because that's how she got this whole thing on herself because it wasn't finished. She duct tapes it onto herself. Yeah. And she's panicking. I mean, rightly so because, hey. Yeah. <laughs> not good. You technically saw evidence that this is real. Right. And all of a sudden she's like realizing nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. She, she sees take, birds fly she by. Sees, you see these birds actually fly by behind her, and she, as she, as they do, I think she turns around and sees them. Mm-hmm. She takes off her masks. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. Right, and she's like, "What the hell?" Mm-hmm. She's really confused. You can see it on her face. Yes, you're confused too. Yeah, because you're like, "Wait a minute, huh?" And here's my comment on on this. It's not a bad thing. It's just about. If this were to happen, if a chemical attack happens, I, I mean, how would you know, right, that the, I don't think there would be a smell. I don't think there would be evidence. I think it would take time. Mm-hmm. And it's not like an instant, oh, you take that hazmat mask off and you fry. Right. I think it's something more gradual. Mm-hmm. So I also think... That's interesting to look at with animals. Like I know this is not the same, but it's technically a, technically an infection or something airborne in The Walking Dead. Right. The animals were not affected by the virus. Right. So you can't even go by the the, the flowers. Wow, we both can't talk today. Yep. We can't go by the birds flying by because look at The Walking Dead. That whole airborne thing only affected the humans. The humans. And that was also airborne and didn't affect you until you, you were died. bitten or yeah, died. Right. And so it's just interesting that if this ever were to happen, you need to take all of that <laughs> into, into consideration. consideration. Yeah. Because I don't think chemical, unless it's like an actual liquid like the acid, mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be something instant. Well, maybe. it would be similar maybe, and thankfully I've never been in this, a nuclear explosion. Maybe. Um, where that... Um, what is it? Radiation. Or I was going to say radiation, yeah. Very slowly mm-hmm. eats away at you. Right. And it shows up slowly. Right. Her assuming that it didn't happen instantaneously, I think, was kind of a flaw. But, I mean, you don't know because obviously, I'm not saying, that's why I'm, I prefaced with, I, it doesn't affect the movie. It's just a food for thought where mm-hmm. it's funny how we all... I would probably do the same, like, oh, my God, I can't take this off because we're going to die instantly because that's how Howard presented it, Mm -hmm. that it's just like this instant attack. It's everywhere. And in this case, it's kind of like how we mentioned earlier. I think the attack, the chemical attack is only when the alien is around. Yeah. It's not completely airborne. Yeah. Yeah. It's situational attack, Yeah, I guess. So she's running back and forth between the truck to mm-hmm. the car, and in the meantime, all of a sudden, you see this alien craft. Yeah, above what looks like a cornfield, corn or wheat field, something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you see these tentacles, which is why I said it's kind of like a hybrid. It machine is machine, yeah, creature. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It comes at yeah, it is pretty. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It comes at her, and she runs towards because she's out in the open at that point. She runs towards Howard's truck. Mm-hmm. Which is when they show the whiskey bottle mm-hmm. that she showed that they show at the beginning that she grabs to take with her in her car. Hmm. Why did he grab that? I, I think he drank. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so she grabs <laughs> that and she creates a Molotov cocktail. Yes, because the alien is attacking her. Right. It right? picks up the truck that she's in. The windshield cracks. Mm-hmm. 
And it opens its mouth. mouth? Sure. And you see these weird teeth things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she throws it in there and it blows the fucker up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are left with her leaving in the little car, I think, right? Because now mm-hmm. the pickup truck is destroyed. She gets radio. She turns on the radio and she's able to hear... Like, that, this is real. I mean, clearly she saw this is real now. Mm-hmm. And that help is needed at Houston. If you have two choices, you either go to, I don't remember what Baton city. Baton Rouge. Okay. That's a safe haven. Or if you're able to help, whether you're medical or just an able body. Combat. Right. <laughs> right. Which clearly she made a Molotov cocktail. She could be useful. She could be useful. Go to Houston. And I think this is where it ties in like you mentioned about her running Mm -hmm. because she's at a crossroad, Mm -hmm. literally, whether she can go to Baton Rouge or she can go to Houston. She takes the safe road and gets the hell out and runs as she always does. Or she faces it. She faces it. And she chooses to face it. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting when you pointed that out that I didn't really piece that together Mm -hmm. when when that happened. I just thought it was cool that she chose to help. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when she does get onto that main road is where we see a mailbox, I think, yeah. or a street sign. because she smashes into it and it mm-hmm. falls on the road Yeah, as she drives away. Mm-hmm. And it, excuse me, says 10 Cloverfield Lane. Right. And we did look this up. So where they're located is a few miles out of Lake Carter. No, was Lake it Charles. Lake Charles? Yeah, I think that's what they said. In Louisiana, and we, I looked this up at the end of the movie. It was legit. Like, Houston really is. Like, they take that main road, and they, Houston is there. It's right there. I didn't know they were so yeah, close. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was so close. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. And that's how the movie ends. And you see Houston in the, you know, as she's driving to it, you can tell there's chaos going yeah. on. But, you know, it's interesting because I watched this again in another video on mm-hmm. YouTube. At the end, there's that strike of lightning uh-huh. And I don't think you... Yes, and you see more... A, a or big, a ship, like a or big I don't mother know. ship yeah. in that lightning above Houston. <clears throat> Can you imagine oh, hell this no. happening? Like, I just... I think we mentioned it in Cloverfield. Or, honestly, I, if there's an alien attack, I don't know how we would survive. No, because their technology is so way superior to yeah. ours. And if they really are you know, big like that, or I guess it also just depends, obviously, how it would be. But if if if, re- if we put it this into a real life situation, that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. But think about this. If at that distance, that mm-hmm. ship, that ship, that ship looked ginormous. ginormous. Can you imagine that when you're close, when no. you're there? No, Like the monster, the creature in, in, in um, Cloverfield itself. Right, yeah. No thanks. Boomingly big. Yeah. No, it's 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 very intimidating. I have a final question for you for the end of this movie. Okay, go for it. Which road would you take? Would you be safe or would you go help? I'm gonna say what first came to my mind when you were already formulating the question. I think I would go help. And we're sorry, Archie, our producer is. Eh, he's always some here. noise back there, but. I think he liked this movie. He likes cameos. He does. Uh, yeah, I think he, he liked it. <laughs> yes, he did. He was into it. He was very calm in watching it. Yep. Yeah. He was. Okay, so you would go help. I think I would go help. Mm. Okay. What about you? I'm going to be honest. My first instinct is go be safe. If I was by myself, I think I would go help because really, you're not going to be safe. Right. You are not going to be safe. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go out with a bang. Mm. Now, if I was with you or your dad or another person that needed my help on a personal level, I would have to reconsider that. Mm. But knowing that there is really nowhere safe, there is nowhere safe. I don't care what they say. Right. Um, why not go and at least try to do something before you go out? Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm not trying to be a hero. It's just, if I have nothing to lose except my life, which is going to be probably, probably eventual, anyway. yeah. then I'm going to go out fighting for it. Okay. 
that's my idea. Good for you. <laughs> I'm here like, nope, I'm going to go to Baton Rouge. I can help there. I can help whoever might be in need in the safe zone. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Hey, it is what it is. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we can go ahead and head into our categories. Okay. You take it away about sound and movie. Make it happen. <laughs> okay. The sound and the score in this movie is what I call some seriously intense stuff. Mm -hmm. I had to do some research, which means I literally scoured YouTube. <laughs> okay. Because there was an instrument being played in certain parts of the movie that okay. I didn't understand what I was hearing. Mm. So I came across this video um, and it talks about the composer who the director hired. His name is Bear McCreary. Mm. And he okay. basically told him to step outside the traditional scary movie sci-fi mm -hmm. sci stuff and, and do something that is unique. Okay. Bring the claustrophobic feeling that the bunker evokes so mccreary mm. used two really unique instruments for some of the scores and one of them is called let me see if i pronounce this right a yalili tambour and it's from turkey mm. and it really does have a unique sound mm -hmm. it has what i would call a metal sound to it mm -hmm. but at the same time it has a sound of melancholy or maybe even dread mm. he also brought in the blaster beam i i can't even describe what that sounds like but mm. it does have um an underground subterranean sound to it mm -hmm. um i found a very short clip of of that so that you can hear it okay just out of control I actually never and he also used a full-on orchestra for hmm. the score within the movie. Yeah, you can you can hear the orchestra. Mm -hmm. So I, I just thought it was really interesting. I think that if you look him up, Bear McCreary, you can find everything of the behind the scenes and the music on YouTube. I It's worth a listen because it was really interesting. At least to me, it was. Cool. Um, for me, it was, like I said, during the dinner scene, I noticed that heartbeat mm -hmm. um, sound. Yep. That was used that was often cool. in the movie, I think, a couple of times, too. But it was much more noticeable in that scene. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go on to best scene. What's your favorite scene? Actually, the scene where Howard <laughs> shoots Emmett, mm -hmm. because it just, it was so shocking. And I feel bad for Emmett because he stood up for both of them, right. really. And it was just really effective in conveying how this guy wasn't a sleaze ball. Even if maybe you thought he was, I didn't, but maybe you, th I thought he was going to throw her under the bus and right. he didn't. No. So I thought that was actually courageous of him. So it showed that side of him. It also showed Howard being horrible, horrible. I mean, just insane mm -hmm. in that moment. And that's where the whole movie shifts like, oh shit, we, we got to get out of here because yep. this is not normal. Yeah. What about you? My favorite scene is when she first wakes up in the bunker mm -hmm. and we meet Howard. Okay. I love the way this scene is filmed. His, the angles that the director used, the lighting, it literally says everything about the movie in Without, that one yeah. scene. Yeah, that is true. It Kind of. It says the entire movie right there. He's presenting himself as this. But at the same time, you know he's not. He's not. Yeah. There's something very vitally wrong with him. Yeah. So I think it set up the whole movie and the tone for it for the audience. Yeah. Okay. What about best character? I'm going to make this easy because the best character and the best unlikable character for me were was Howard. I agree with you. John Goodman stole this movie. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But the character Howard was fascinating and mm -hmm. repulsive all at the same time. Yeah. 100%. He really brought, that's why I said he's the highlight of the movie. He brought this to life. Mm -hmm. I am also in agreement where you're so used to seeing him as the nice guy, the dad. He has like this dad feel. Yeah, he does. Right? He and does. he kind of is in this movie too, just 
not your nice dad right. feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he did such a great job. I want to know more about him, and he stole the the show. So for you, it's both as well? It's both, because he's also unlikable. He's great at not liking him, because, yep. I mean, he's crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> to put yep. it plainly. Yep. So what character would you be? Uh, I put you mm-hmm. as Michelle, and I know you hated her. <laughs> I know. But I feel... Hate is a strong word. Okay. You didn't like her character. But I also feel that if you were in this situation, you have the know-how to try and figure out how the hell to get out of there. Right. You would definitely fit through that ventilation system. Yeah. Crawl through there. Make it out. I could just see you trying to get out of there. You wouldn't just lie down and take it. Yeah. But I would choose the same character for you for the exact same reasons. Like, you probably, honestly, I think you would have gone further and killed this guy already. No, I would have. When he was down, that was it. I don't care that the acid is there. I would have just. Not even. I think when she hit him with that bottle, Mm -hmm. I think you would have gone further, to be honest. Yeah, she could have just smashed it right into his eyes and, yeah. Or done more. Yep. Yeah. There were probably a lot of opportunities, I think. Because she realized it was true with mm-hmm. that woman at the window. Mm-hmm. She backed off of maybe thinking he's suspect. Yeah. But, I mean, he still kidnapped you. So that's weird. Yeah. You know? I agree. So I, okay. So we're both a little bit of Michelle. Mm-hmm. So does this movie hold up? Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. I have to say, I really enjoyed watching this movie again. I liked it more now talking about it and adding or analyzing the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it's what I told you. She, it's not that I don't hate her. It's just she's like. A non-event? Kind of for me. Okay. And I think most people I think do like her. I just, eh, I could have her or not have her. And I and obviously since she's the main character, she's the focal point of the Mm -hmm. movie. Right. So it's just like, eh, all right. And that's maybe what it is for me. But it's a fun movie to watch and do fan lore and think about and mm-hmm. talk about. And John Goodman is a good time. Yeah. To watch. <laughs> Literally, he was, a, he was great to watch. He was. Yeah. All right. And up next are our seven rules on how to survive a horror movie. Mm-hmm. We watch movies and apply these rules. And the more they break, the more they seem to die. Although sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes it just takes that one rule. And that's it. And you're dead. You're done. (laughs) Rule number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs, in the basement, attic, or in this case, the bunker. (laughs) Rule number five, why are you going in there if it says don't enter? No trespassing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven, no Ouija board or seance. Um, for here, I mean, you could say don't go into the bunker, but she didn't, she got forced yeah. to go in there. She didn't have a choice. So she didn't have a choice. But, but Emmett did. Emmett sure did. All right. So it applies to him. It applies to everybody in the movie. And she did not make sure the bad guys did. I think when she did, I'm telling you, when she did that shit at the table, That's she should have just gone done for it. it. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Yeah. Really. Because he was down. Exactly. At that point, Emmett wouldn't have died, but then we wouldn't have had the movie. Would I we? know. I know. But hey. And those are the rules I have that were broken. I agree. Two yep. out of seven. Mm-hmm. Well, how about don't go up there? But then she wouldn't have known. Trying to get out. Right. She needed to know that. She needed to know. Yeah, that doesn't forget. Scratch that. It doesn't apply. <laughs> All right. Scream award. How many times does Erica scream in a movie? <laughs> I actually have zero. I don't remember you doing so. So no, that's have zero. zero, zero. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. We watched this movie on Paramount Plus, and you can also rent this on your usual places, Amazon, Vudu, Apple TV, and Redbox. Yep. All right. Well, like I said, I liked it a lot more. I still, it's it's still not something I would throw on. Mm-hmm. I would definitely watch Cloverfield again. Wow. Okay. Um, over this one. I'm very curious to finish this universe and watch the third one because that would be a first time watch for both of us. Yes. We have never seen it. Yeah. I had never heard of it <laughs> before I am this. curious as to what this um, Cloverfield Paradox movie is about. Me too. And I have to say I'm glad we went down this Cloverfield rabbit hole. It's 
been fun. I can see why people get into it. Mm -hmm. Goes back to feeding into it. Well, this is pretty much in the genre that I like, end of world scenarios. So um, it kind of fits in there. It touched on your favorite found footage on the first one. Right. And... um, and this, sci-fi horror. It's yeah. been really fun doing sci-fi horror. Yeah, I see you've gotten into it. Yeah. It's because been interesting. When we first did it, mm-hmm. first time we first time around that we did sci-fi horror, you're like, I'm really not into this genre at all. Right. And all of a sudden you're texting me with like, hey, I just watched this. It's good. And it's it good. turns out to be sci-fi horror. Yeah. So I'm surprised. This podcast has been so much fun in Discovering new movies, discovering what you really like in the genre, and just opening your mm-hmm. your mind to different forms of horror. It's endless. Yeah. It's genres within genres. It's and expansive. And things that you think you're not going to like, you do. Right. Because you don't usually like creatures. No. However, mm-hmm. there have been some creature movies. Movies that- Yes. Yes. So, Willow Creek, uh-huh. which we already did. This is- Technically, all sci-fi is is a creature is some kind of creature right. or different species, mm-hmm. and um, and then things you think you're going to like and you don't, right? So it's just it's we're digressing, but it's been it's been fun and yeah. it's fun doing this universe. So the next episode will be the last one of this for mm-hmm. now. For now, of this they, universe, if they keep adding more, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I I am too. I'm down. It's been a fun ride. It has. And that's a wrap on 10 Cloverfield Lane. Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram with our handle, Horror Cafe Podcast. And you can also visit our website and listen to our episodes there. You can find us at horrorcafepodcast.com. And if you're so inclined, drop us a snail mail, which is now email at info at horrorcafepodcast.com. We love getting emails and we do reply. Or you can DM us on Facebook or Instagram. And until next time, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.